to another episode of the Q2Q cast. I'm here with some very talented filmmakers who have showed me a short film of theirs in recent weeks. Please welcome to the podcast Anthony Jacobs and if I'm I hope I can pronounce this correct, Juni Cuevas. Yes, close. Uh Juni yeah. Cuevas. Cuevas. Ah, I just think that, you know, as a rising star for me um my last name actually used to be lopez um so i just ended up dropping my dad's last name and just changed it to my mom's maiden name which is cuevas because it just sounds a lot cooler (laughs) i don't know why i chose this podcast to try and do i never let people um I, i never let myself do other people's names because i always flub it at some point it doesn't matter you know their country of origin or the origin of their name but anyway, I appreciate you correcting me. And then, so let's keep on the names. Jacobs, last name Jacobs. You have a K instead of a C. So do you know the origin of the K versus the C? What does Miss Carol think of her kids? She thinks we're all little... Uh, my mom's from Sweden. So my, yeah, my, my dad's Norwegian. So my last name's just like Scandinavian. There we go. Okay, so we are we are a global, and we truly are a global pod right now because we are in three parts of the world. Texas here, and go ahead and tell us uh, where you are, Anthony. Uh, I'm actually in Boston right now. Boston, and then Junie. I am currently in uh, Rio de Janeiro. I mean, three different time zones. That's something to celebrate. If we are not the rainbow here stretching wide across the globe in a a very pleasing after school special, then I don't know who is. Care Bears countdown. Four, three, two, one. Who's that coming from somewhere up in the sky? Uh, I'm going to hold up my rainbow cheesecake to that. It's rubbed (laughs) severely because I've uh, smelt it a lot. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. Um, we're going to just sort of do a tag team situation. Anthony, um, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you like to do in film? Yeah, for sure. So I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Uh, my family's, like I said, from Scandinavia. So I was very inspired, I guess, growing up by a lot of like European films, uh, especially like noir and French New Wave as a kid. So I always knew I wanted to do something kind of more, I guess, uh, I guess abstract. I, and as I got older, I got really into like more campy films like Basilic in the Desert and like all those like 90s kind of like drag wave films, which kind of, I guess, was a huge inspiration when Junie and I were writing our film Dean's List. Um, yeah, I'm currently studying to be a director. I like writing on the side, editing, and I really want to see myself making primarily music videos and commercials in the future. Gotcha. Well, I like how you've even directed yourself right now. You've, you've posed some lights. They seem to be lights that are shining um, towards the right side of your head. And then there's a, what seems like a stream of light in the left corner of your screen. So there's there's this situation of idea generation and, and music coming from the head. There's even a sort of glow on your, on your hair. So it seems as if you've, you've even directed yourself um, here. So I can tell that you have a natural talent for it. So music videos, I'm just curious because to me, music videos have a very specific connotation of, because I'm, I'm a millennial, I'm 31. I grew up in the MTV, you know, very early stages of, you know, where it used to be just music videos. And then it so, sort of progressed into more reality TV. And I wanted to know a little bit because I'm extremely dense when it comes to music videos, especially now. Has the landscape of the creativity there really changed? Because it seemed like it used to be very, very much a sense of formula. Like what I mean by that is there's, you could, even though there was variation to the music videos that I was watching, there was always a sense that 
they were of a certain type. In other words, the pop videos favored other pop videos, rap videos favored other rap videos. Do you think that that's still the case now or has it kind of expanded and has become a little more unique? That's like such an interesting question. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, your age and when you grew up, because when I was a kid, my brother's uh, in his early 30s. So when I was growing up, I was heavily exposed to TRL and MTV at a really young age, kind of just at like the end, actually, of those channels being mainly just music videos. And I think it was honestly, <laughs> well, YouTube, I hate not to age myself, but YouTube came out when I was like, I think, six um so okay, I remember... excuse me i'm gonna go kill myself right now <laughs> <laughs> and i'll be right there with you i'll bring the rope <laughs> thank you <laughs> and like back then it was like you couldn't even really watch music videos on it was just like regular videos but i remember when vivo came around and suddenly like all these videos i had like faint memories of from like destiny's child and eminem i could like see um on youtube again so i guess i just always grew up having such easy access to them and I've noticed actually incredibly recently, like there's always been exceptions where people can like self-direct their own videos. Like you have, you know, Lana Del Rey and like Sky Ferreira, these like indie pop singers who've gotten famous from just, you know, having a webcam and editing an iMovie. But even now it's like, you'll see these A-listers who have all the budget in the world and they're just like making their own videos with their friends. Or the, you know, the artists are directing it themselves or getting more involved in the creative process. So I feel like to go off your point of, you know, where does it intersect versus where is it like different? I think that artists have a lot more authority now. It's not just like a label deciding or it's not just them being put in a room and, you know, they just are told, okay, go. And like everything's planned for them. Like there's a lot more creative input from them, like more than ever before. And, you know, they can make it themselves. As a musician as well, it's like, I really appreciate the ability to express yourself through video. Like I feel like all songs benefit from a visual. So I love, I guess, just the idea of like working with artists to kind of see like, what are their influences? Like, where do they want to be? Because there's no such thing as just like a pop or a rap video now. It's like, there's like a, kind of a blurred lines. Like they all have like elements of each other in them now. Like they're not genre specific anymore, at least in my opinion. I love that. I was, I was hoping you would say something like that because it seems like there's, uh, our, our creative outlets are just becoming less saturated by formula everything is sort of opening up in this great way and i think we're we're a little our our society is a little um wary of formula i think that we are looking for things that are not formula and we're we're very quick to point out when something is formula so i think you're you're in the right business at the right time and i hope that there's you know some noir music videos that i see from you and also, I'm so happy that you brought up Destiny's Child because Mistress on Drag Race recently had, you know, she it was a night of a thousand Beyonces and she did Destiny's Child Beyonce with with her her singers. The, the singers puppet. next to her, the yeah. It was the moment, and I stood up in the living room and raised my hands. But I. Uh, Junie, are we going to be seeing music videos from you? Are you also in, in that industry? I know you act. Uh-huh. So um, I guess like my storyline when it comes to, um, you know, TV, film um, and such is I, I've always had an interest in it because I've watched, you know, I've watched Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, um, like the Amanda show used to be like one of my favorite shows. Amanda, please. Um, yeah, Amanda, please. Ah! Um, <laughs> and, and and like that really like, you know, I, I always thought about it. I was like, you know, one day I think I, I want to do something like that. Um, but the funny thing is, is that the way that I present myself now is not how I used to be when I was younger, because when I was younger, I was actually much more like shy, much more reserved. Um, and I think honestly, it's when I came out of the closet that I just literally blew it open with like glitter dynamite. Um, and like, now you see all this. Um, that's an album title, if you decide to use it, Junie, if, if you decide to see glitter dynamite, glitter dynamite, just TM it as soon honestly, as right. Trademark, totally, right write that down, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into the patent, don't even worry about it. Yeah. So, um. No, you know, I, I love music and I love music videos because uh, as Tony was saying, it's, you know, music now, it, especially when it comes to the visuals, they tell a storyline. 
um, like you actually see or get some sort of like story behind the the music versus before it just used to be that it's like, you know, you have like Beyonce and, um, you know, like some of these artists is just like they do their choreography and then it's like, that's the music video type thing. Now it's like they have like, you know, like they hire actors, you know, people like myself to play like the romantic interest or to play the best friends or to do um, that. And um, it, I think it really helps with like tying in a lot of, um, you know, filmmaking into the music industry. And that's why you're seeing a lot of crossovers like, you know, Lady Gaga, Harry Styles, um, a lot of artists going into acting now because they're having to do it um, yeah. in these music videos. Um, more narrative now. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like, um, I was thinking about the, the, that Sheena Easton from that's 80s, but you know, when she's got let's get together and do what comes naturally, it's just her dancing. I mean, there's other stuff, but you know, it's dancing and looking at the camera. No! And and there's and then you got garbage, you know, uh, doing doing the same thing, you know, with, uh, you know, I'm only happy when it rains, and it's like, yeah, I'm looking, and uh -huh. you know, I feel like that all culminated with the Avril Lavigne moment of just staring at the camera, and yeah, exactly, you know, and, yeah. and it's so different now. So yeah, I mean, you have any um, references or things? I mean, you mentioned Harry Styles, you mentioned some other artists. Yeah. What are what are the um, kinds of music video narrative that interests you that you've seen well, I mean, you want to do yeah well i mean like what tony was saying uh which by the way the the music video that uh, anthony tony as i call him uh shot recently um he, he did a great job um it's an indie artist um i, I forget her name so forgive me um if you can shout her out uh tony, yes so yeah. this music video was beautiful and the song is so catchy um because she's talking about how she wants to skate like this girl and um it's not about like a love interest in that kind of sense she just wants to be cool like jenny who was like a skater and it was like shot at the skate park and like just the visuals was like really really cool um but for me like you know there's i have many talents okay i have many talents but three things and that's singing dancing and swimming which i was uh snorkeling today so that was a struggle um <laughs> where were you snorkeling I, I i was snorkeling um off one of the islands uh here in brazil and it, we saw turtles we saw like fish and like everything was like a magical experience right like you're i am swimming with turtles but i'm also like fearing for my life that i am about to drown <laughs> I'm glad that you confirmed <laughs> this because I, based on, because I've been, I've been stalking both of you, I've just learning about your lives, and I feel like you are kind of both of you parts of my e existence that are actualized in a way that I'm not in my in my current life like y'all are doing such cool things that I myself want to do in different ways and you Junie are doing a you're doing my ocean life better <laughs> I have I also doing it poorly he's in his marine biologist bag right now look <laughs> I have a cephalopod shirt on right now I'm literally <laughs> covered in ocean life I I am an ocean soul. I grew up ob obsessing. If I if I took you on a tour of my apartment, there's an octopus, you know, freaking portrait right there. I love swimming and snorkeling. So I'm just I'm elated that this is something that you just do. But what do you mean you're doing it poorly? You, you went snorkeling and because I I could barely swim. I had a pool noodle <laughs> wrapped around me, hoping that it doesn't give out. But that's the journey. Um, if you ever wanted to go like an, a very niche influencer route, you could be the person that learns to swim across the globe in all these tropical locations surrounded by sea turtles and dolphins that are all judging you. I want this. You know what? Write that down. Write that down. I'll come right along. Now. We'll get little like Speedo <laughs> brand sponsorships. See? Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, last, before we move on, I just wanted to ask you one more question about the, just to nerd out a little bit with the ocean life is, do you have a, an anecdote of your ocean exploration that's particularly memorable to you? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, 
Well, I was I was snorkeling uh, off of uh, the coast of Cancun, um, and it was my first time snorkeling. This was like I don't know, ten years ago maybe, mm. um, and. I'm like swimming in the in the coral reef and it's like beautiful, right? Lots of colorful fish. Um, and then like, you know, a lot of people looking down and all that. Um, and then uh, my friend that I'm with, he's like, oh, look, Junie, there's a barracuda over there. And I'm like, and I know barracudas are mean. Um, and I'm like, no, no, there isn't. Cause like, he knows that I'm like, for one, afraid of like swimming in the in open ocean. And for two, I'm not a great swimmer. So if a barracuda comes at me, I'm out, you know, like that, that fish is like baby Nemo. Out. You're like, yeah, <laughs> don't get me. Yeah. And so, and so, um, I'm like swimming and I, I just kind of like disregard him. And then I look over and I see this fish just going like this. And it just like turns and looks straight at me. And I've recorded a video of me, like, you know, trying to get the fish and stuff like that. And then I see ah! the barracuda and I just start screaming and like flapping. And like, I run immediately back to swim uh poorly back to the boat and then um I didn't get back in the water I was like I'm good I'm done (laughs) (laughs) okay well now so we were sort of talking earlier about showing your film which we're just about to talk to uh talk about and we were thinking about pairing it with something now I know what we're pairing it with we're gonna be going through some b movie scary (laughs) ocean flicks okay we're gonna be looking at the at the piranha 3ds of it all we're, that's what we're gonna do we're gonna, and we're gonna vlog. what was that yes Junie's travel vlog yes yeah yeah <laughs> well piranha, piranha three double d sharknado four you look, know you all, need to bring, <laughs> all of them look you can cuss on this pod this is for adults so you said that you you know you like to serve cunt whenever you can and honestly yeah. you need to bring the queer cunt to those that genre because right now it's it's not there. We need to gay up the the B ocean movie horror films. We were even <laughs> texting about Sharknado and how we need to make a gay Sharknado. Yeah. Where instead of <laughs> raining drag sharks, queen those wigs snatched, glitter everywhere. I'm literally I, I want, after I want we the finish, should be wearing. After, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go hang out with my drag queen goddess in Dallas, Chaselyn Wade Vance, and I'm gonna pitch this idea to her and say, I just talked to the people where that are down and ready to do the gay sharknado <laughs> do it anyway it'll be sharknado i guess but i want to talk about your film so you just showed me a fabulous fabulous film um but before we do that i wanted to ask y'all how did y'all start to collab tell us your origin story the ambiguously gay duo they are taking on evil come what may they are fighting all pride to save the day they're extremely close in an ambiguous way can I take can I take over um Tony Please. so so um you know I've been I've been doing acting for probably maybe like professionally six years um but my whole life I've been acting right because like I have to act straight like that that's a whole I deserve an Bro, Emmy I deserve Oscars. an Oscar Arazi, <laughs> some would say yeah yeah, a Razzie. I, I think I got the Razzie for it. <laughs> um, but um, my my whole start with um, TV started actually in reality. So I did uh, Master Chef. Um, so I was like cooking, serving content. Gordon Ramsay did not like my content, so he eliminated me. Um, and then I did uh, a couple of the cooking shows. Um, I ventured into stand up comedy, and you know, kind of started to like get, get known by producers. Um, and one of them, I got booked on this project and they liked my, uh, my audition tape so much. They're like, Hey, so we kind of want to develop a show or pitch it to the people that we know from like HDTV, uh, DIY. Um, and so they're like, can you send us some footage of you and drag doing like home decor stuff? Um, and I was like, okay. I mean, like, I don't do that, but sure, I can I can do that. So then, um, you don't do drag when, uh, or you Tony don't do comes in. home decor. Exactly. I'm like, which one do you want? pick? A struggle because okay. I will struggle at both. But <laughs> 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 um, so uh, Tony was visiting uh, that week, 
Um, and it was a month. He, yeah, okay, there was <laughs> that month. <laughs> okay, well, we're visiting me that week. How about that? Yeah, um, <laughs> says a lot about y'all's relationship, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Princeton associations of time. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I asked them to to help me make some make this, you know, like audition tape, but. When it comes to like what you were saying earlier, when it comes to his vision, he always has like a vision of like, you know, like we got to have the lighting, we're going to have the B-roll, we're going to have the close-up, we're going to have the wide shots, let's do it from this angle. And so like what I thought was going to be just like a quick like self-tape kind of thing, it ended up being like a whole production. Honey, you're Um, in film school now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we had, we had so much fun filming it. And we were like, you know, we should like work on uh, doing like an actual project together besides, you know, something that somebody else has asked us, like something that we can collab on this. And we started writing one and then that just kind of like never, never panned out because life. And then um, we met with another friend uh, who's also an actor. And then this was like Halloween and we were like, oh, we should like work on something. And then um, Tony was like, well, I want to do it before I, I uh, go back to Boston. And so um, we like hunkered down like over the course of what, two months. Um, we like wrote this thing, like we had like contributing writers. And then like, of course we had all the, the camera people and sound and all that stuff. And so like, it ended up being like this whole production situation. And like, once we actually did it, it was like, Oh my God, like we finally did it. It only took us, yeah. you know, eight, eight months to finally get it done. Yeah, like almost an entire year. Bradshaw's wedding in the movie Sex in the City because she, it's like y'all uh-huh. started as we're going to go to the courtyard and or, or courthouse and just, you know, I'm wearing a suit. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden Vivian Westwood and then you're inviting 50 people and then you're at the plaza or wherever they, yeah. it's some grand yeah. place that they, they had the wedding. It's just like this exponential growth I'm, I'm getting a little bit. And, but it sounds like y'all were able to just ride that wave a bit, which is something to be proud of instead of resisting it. Cause I think a lot of projects die whenever that momentum builds and it becomes a little bit too much and you get to, you, you start to taste it and you go, Ooh, that's a, maybe I've bitten off more than I can chew. And I think a lot of those voices are actually externalized that become internal because society really doesn't want us to succeed at these things. They don't make it easy. So you should be yeah. very proud of yourself. But anyway, so continue with the story. <laughs> well, Jenny, if you mind me adding on, um, yeah. I just feel like it was such a natural collaboration. Like I basically was gonna go to LA and like I had, you know, my winter break coming up and I was like, Junie and I have been friends. We've gone out a couple of times. We hung out in the groups of people, but I was like, I'm going to LA, I guess, question mark. And he was like, come stay with me. And so it was like, um, like I'd say three weeks or so of us just like hanging out, wig parties, cocktail parties, like writing scripts, like going out. And it, like a lot of holidays happened during this, like New Year's and like just like throughout the beginning of the year. And I was just so inspired by that when I started my semester and I just had this like crazy year and like Junie as well, just like a lot of like traveling and moving and different, you know, I guess life, you know, but um, by the time we decided to do this project in October, I remember we were throwing ideas and it's just like, I'm, I'm a very occasional writer. I can definitely help like organize, I guess, a session or I can like add a joke or two. But it was like when Junie and I were writing, it was like we'd basically meet like once a week on the phone. And like after work, we'd both like make cocktails on our separate sides of FaceTime and just like talk shit and like write jokes together. And it was just so fun. Like, I feel like we're always like on that same wavelength of humor. And so every time like Junie would throw an idea, and he's like, oh, that's kind of, I don't know, it's maybe a little random or too extreme. I was like, no, we need it. Like, just keep adding to it yeah (laughs) every time it was too much for the fire I was like throw a chair in I'm so serious yeah (laughs) you know and And that came across when I when I watched the movie because it felt very much like a a, an idea that was conceived out of several semi-drunken nights between really good friends (laughs) that that was a lot of deep voice authentic writing what I mean by that is I so I just took a course with Jack Grapes and he's a very phenomenal writer, not just author of books, but also he's written journals and essays on the process of writing and teaches classes. He's great. Look him up, take his classes. I, I really would recommend both of you just for the experience, take the class. 
And he talks about how one thing people forget is to write dialogue and write words. The thing that he means by that is, and I'm paraphrasing terribly, is that people think about the story. You know, that's what we go to school for. They go over, okay, what's your structure? What's your theme? What's your thesis? What's your like main idea? All that stuff is fine and dandy, but we don't read stories, we read words. And so I'm seeing your words on screen and I can tell that the thing that is the selling point of this is that this is authentic voice. In other words, y'all weren't writing to sound like artists. Y'all were writing to sound like people. And y'all's personalities were, my taxes coming out. Y'all's personalities were coming out um, just, just organically. And that's what made it fun to watch. So I would love to hear a little more about, first of all, introduce your film and tell us about the process of making it. Yeah, do you want to Tony, would you like to introduce? Yeah, oh. you can introduce <laughs> and I will tell you about the process. How about that? Cool. I'm gonna okay. keep uh, I'm gonna keep uh, challenging y'all. I'm gonna just address both of y'all at the same time and I'm gonna and I'm gonna lean back and just kind of stroke my beard evilly while y'all figure out who goes. So just just accept that it's gonna be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, I mean we Gosh, Dean's List. So Dean's List tells a story of two best friends who are basically graduating college and they have very different just motives for their last day of college. So you have one, uh, Junie's character, Alex, who has spent all of school kind of being like the butt of the joke a little bit. He's like the gay character who's never really been able to fully show himself. And really this last night, like in a school setting, wants to show up to this Dean's dinner, like how he really feels and kind of give his last like, I guess, have his last hurrah before he finishes school. Meanwhile, uh, the other actor in this, Blake, her character, Sam, is kind of a more shy, like she's been a valedictorian in high school and she's excelling and she's well-known, but she doesn't have the confidence. So she wants to impress this guy on her last night of college and she feels like this is her last chance. And basically the majority of the film takes place in Junie's apartment and shows them getting ready and... Junie is completely not ready for it. It's like a buddy comedy, but it's also kind of like a disaster comedy because uh, between just like, I don't know, like all his shenanigans and just like her angst, it's kind of just like a funny, like natural combo. Um, it's very broad city. You know, it's got that- Very broad city. It's broad city and, and not that y'all were aping on it, but it felt a, it was a, and that's, well, they're both a little bit, extreme in broad city it's not it's not the odd couple because they're both sort of their own brand of crazy there's not in other words there's not the straight role in broad city and and i very much think that y'all were y'all were deriving from more early screwball comedies where there's the the straight laced one and then the one that's a little more timey wimey wibbly wobbly and that's certainly Junie's character and and that was a great setup for what I could see as a series or you know this felt very much like something that was pulled from a larger world it even had that vibe at the beginning and I don't know if you were going for this of something like Heartstopper or or even Love Victor that that person getting ready with that that sort of warm feeling vibration you know the music felt like it was setting up for that that college vibe so I was I was the only thing I was disappointed with in the movie is that it was over you know that was the, that's the problem with the movie is that it ends is I wanted to see this college it, it you and it's great that y'all were able to evoke the college without ever having even seen it I'm like what are the other characters who is Junie dating what this this girl yeah. is she does she get real fucking trashed you know and, and all of that straight lace stuff does it go out the window i could see so many things anyway so um okay so y'all we're conceiving it as this idea it, it, it's a it's a little bit of an it, it felt at least like and you can correct me if i'm wrong a person who wants to live as gay as they feel and feeling some resistance towards that. That's what it was giving me. And that's where not only the heart of the story, but some of the comedy comes from. So, you know, Junie, was that where you decided to root it and play it? And did y'all pull from your own experiences to kind of construct yeah. that reality? 
So, um, yeah, I think that when it came to the process of uh, writing and uh, making this film, um, I drew a lot of inspiration from, you know, life um, as, as we do, because I tend to be like my, my character, you know, Alex with an H, but the H is silent. Um, it's that I, I'm, I'm never on time for anything. And I, I have a misconstrued uh, you know, idea of what time is. So even joining this call today, that I was like, okay, five minutes. And then it's like 20 minutes later. <laughs> and so um, I, I that... couldn't have loved that more when, when you said that you just needed a little more time before we jumped on the call. I'm like, you, this is a meta moment. You did this on purpose. <laughs> um, so it, it, I drew a lot of inspiration from that. Um, and the funny thing is, is that uh, the people that watch this film, you know, they're like, why does this, seem like a conversation that you and Blake have had already. And I was like, cause I'm pretty sure that we have, uh, like we've had this experience of, of what happened in the film. Um, but what I, what I also wanted to do is uh, portray myself, you know, this character who is very flamboyant, very like out there and um, very like queer in your face because there isn't queer representation, um, you know, in, in media uh, or at least how it should be. You know, you think about some of these shows that you mentioned, like Love, Victor, or, you know, Heartstopper, or even Elite, that it's like, yes, there is queer characters. However, many of these characters are either played by straight people, or they're very demure in the way that they present the queer characters. That it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like, very, like, romantic, very whatever. But it's like, there's never any, like, raunchy, there's never any, like, like, messy, any, anything of, like, what many gay people are like. Um, purified so, or sensationalized. Exactly, exactly. They're like, you know, it's, and, and it's part of that, you know, toxic masculinity that it also infiltrates the gay culture of um, people being like, you know, oh, I'm just a dude that happens to like dudes. And I'm just like, no, baby, like you're gay. Like you're, you're still gay, you know, regardless of the fact um, you still like other men. Um, or, you know, if you're queer, you like other, other people. Um, but it's just like, I wanted to show somebody that's like very out there. And the funny thing is, is that when writing this character, Alex, is that I also, if you Google me, one of the things, one of the first Google res results is Juni Cuevas, man or woman, um, or Juni Cuevas gender. This extended from MasterChef. Um, so people didn't know what my gender identity was for a long time. Um, and you know, I like to keep them guessing. So, <laughs> and so when I, when I wrote this, <laughs> so when I wrote this, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to present myself in a way that it's like, okay, who is this person? And Alex is a very like, you know, androgynous name. Um, and then I'm in a bathrobe with a face mask. And then I put on this like Teletubby outfit, basically. Um, that it's like, what? He? She? They? Like, what is this person wearing? Um, so that, that was a lot of the things. But um, in, in the film, there's a, a scene where, um, you know, I, I talk to Sam and I tell her, uh, you know, I just need five minutes. I'm going to go get ready. And then she starts watching television. And so one of the things that we wanted to include in this is very like, for me, very like Portlandia, which is my type of uh, comedy and, and humor, that it's like standalone clips of just like life, right? Or like in this case, commercials, uh, or the things that you see on TV, which are just so ridiculous sometimes. Um, and so I wanted to include that in there where you never realize that the person that is on the TV is, is me doing, playing, you know, 20 characters. Um, but, you know, I, I really wanted to just like really make it funny, very campy, um, and just, you know, really show, I guess, my personality and, or multiple personalities in, in that kind of sense. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, I, I think that you, you touched on a lot of things that we really need. I mean, the, just the implications behind somebody asking that question and the fact that so many people have asked that question, what gender it, it's, I want to, I want to go into the brain of of the people asking and, or the brains rather, and, and go, okay, so what will you accomplish by knowing? You know, that's the sort of, that, that's sort of the bizarre thing to me is, will it change your association with them? Will it make you feel safer? Will it make you, will it, in other words, 
your feelings, whether everything from attraction or disdain and everything in between, will it confirm or deny it if you know the truth? And that's the, that's the problem, I think, with this sort of toxic labeling, which I loved about your, not only what you've mentioned in this podcast, but what's in your film is you're, you're embracing what I would say is positive labeling where the peop it's about identity and truth and, and celebrating originality as opposed to labeling as other, you know, that's sort of, mm -hmm. what it, it seemed like y'all were fighting against with your film is to make sure that people know that it's, it's actually not all that important for you to label me so that you can put me in a box, but my label, as I decide to label myself does matter. And I would love for you to celebrate that and trust that no matter how I choose to do that, you know, I'm going to be okay. And I'm, I'm wondering, uh, you know, should I call you Tony or would you, you can call me Tony. <laughs> All right. I was, I was like, maybe by the end of this, we'll be, we'll, we'll have a uh, Pokemon leveled up, you know, from <laughs> Tony. I, I don't know. Oh, hey, Pikachu, I choose you. Go! Pikachu! Pikachu uses Thunderbolt! Pikachu! So, uh, oh, so <laughs> Tony, I, I'm curious when you, you know, we, we mentioned some, some recent shows like Heartstopper and Love, Victor. Was there anything that you pulled from visually for this project or other projects that you really respond to that is queer media or maybe it's not queer media maybe it's just queer associated media I'm, I'm wondering where some of your inspirations visually came from for this piece absolutely it's a great question i yeah i mean i'm really inspired by some of like the great directors uh film directors but i also really take a lot of inspiration i guess just from my music video idols there's this one director, her name's Hannah Lex Davis. And she's, I mean, I recommend everyone looking her up. She's directed every video under the sun for Doja, Ariana, Nikki, like name it, she's directed it. Like 40 credits a year type of director. She's just out here doing everything. And she has this like vibrant, almost campy style to her, which is funny because you'll just see all these mainstream artists like in these like settings where it's like, you know, Doja and like a Farrah Fawcett wig and like a house doing like disco moves and it's kind of unrelated to the song. It's like, I love that like excuse. It's just like, I wanted to do this an idea I had and it's a visual that inspired me. We're just like, put it there and like see how they, you know, mesh. And with this, it was like, I love that. Like I really wanted to have as many moments of just like dreaminess. Like I have two really close friends who I've worked with both of them who actually composed the score. There's three original songs in this. Yeah. And all the so other songs that featured, oh, sorry. It was so impressive. I did not expect that at all for the music to be so. Sometimes you turn on a short film that's made on a low budget and the music is, or the sound is awful. And that wasn't the case. So it was very I cool. was on it. I was like, Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> it's like, we are not going to have no messy sound, hunty. I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> well, we were in post for so long, actually, because of that, because I was working really closely with um, both the composers who are really great. And I told them, like, you know, I really. I, I'm working with the colorist, I'm working with the editor, I'm working with everyone to like really give it this like visual, but like, you know, it's not, it's really incomplete if it's not dreaming how it sounds too. So it's like majority of the film actually is scored, at least like half of it um, has like background music. And I really just wanted to sell that vibe of like, you know, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, it's like this like brightness, this vibrance, and this like, I feel alive, kind of like upbeat, coming of age movie soundtrack. Yeah. But it's like what you're seeing is kind of like, it's the themes are some of those themes are there but for the most part it's really kind of like what Junie was talking about it's a little more raunchy it's like uh Junie's making jokes about Ryan Reynolds blowing your back out like he's like offering like <laughs> ecstasy it's like you know a, a little different than this like pristine like picture perfect like you know graduating college moment and it's like that's kind of what I want to juxtapose it with where it's like this like fun campy chaos but also like kind of like a I don't know like glossy like vibrant visual yeah, we don't we don't see Joe getting his his back blown out on Heartstopper, you know. It's and they don't even talk about it as far as I know. So I I appreciate that you just did what you wanted to do, and I think that's what makes it shine. But I'm I'm curious. So you know, I was wondering if when you were selecting the outfits, Junie, or I don't know, maybe I guess I was assuming that you had something to do with the costuming. I, I could be correct. <laughs> it, felt, it felt very you, much. You're like, very correct. Uh -huh. I, I was like, I bet 
he's comfortable with these. Um, and then, but I, I was interesting. You mentioned color correction. There's a lot of color. I mean, that blue, that's some blue baby that you put on. And, and there's all sorts of colors to the different outfits. And I was just wondering if there was a dialogue between y'all in terms of what is selected versus what y'all were trying to avoid in, in, cause some short films that are made on a low budget, the colors can look all fucking awful, you know, to put, to put it bluntly and y'all's don't. So what was that dialogue about? How did y'all decide on the wardrobe? How did you decide on the color correction? And do you have any advice for people who don't know how to make clothes look good on screen when they don't have a lot of money backing them up? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when it came to the um, the wardrobe options, because um, I know that we had talked about it, that, you know, I said, well, I want to be um, in a robe. Um, and I want to also, I, I, I don't know if you noticed that there was also a lot of blues uh, yes. in, in the film. Um, so I was like, okay, this is the kind, like, at least in my opinion, this is the color palette that I want to, like, you know, pursue. Mm -hmm. um, but I want there to be, like, little pops and accents of color. And then when I showed uh, Tony and our videographer, cinematographer, um, the the outfit that I was like, okay, this is, I think the one that I want to wear. If it's like, mm -hmm. you know, like a big poofy sleeves. It literally looks like something that came from the Betty White estate sale. Um, that I was like, this is what I want to wear. And then um, Michael, our um, videographer, he was like, okay, well, um, let, let me play around with, you know, this. And then they had to do a lot of posts. Um, I know nothing about the posts. Uh, so that was all, all Tony and them. Um, but it, it was just like, I was so happy when, when I saw the, the completed film for the first time that I was like, oh my God, I was like so scared that just things weren't going to pop as well as like they did. Um, because like you said, you know, you, you see some of these things and unless you have a bright light, you know, hitting you and, uh, or like you're illuminated from every possible angle. Sometimes the things just don't look as good as they, they do in person. Yeah. I, I just liked that also, Tony, you made choices based on where the camera was. It wasn't, I was, I was a little nervous when I first started it. I thought you were just going to kind of put the camera in the center of the room and have both of your actors just talking to each other for the entire time and it didn't it didn't happen and you and you made sure that there were certain cutaways or business that the actors did that just diversified the energy a little bit because I think people forget that on a on a short film it's not like a play you know you don't we need the extra stuff the extra movement the camera has to be active in some way and you accomplished a, a lot with a very short dialogue scene. And it was reminding me, I wanted to recommend to you, not only because, you know, of the dialogue intensive stuff that you were working with, but also your love of music videos and putting contemporary songs into movies. You should look at some Mike Nichols movies like Closer or The Graduate, because there's all kinds of integration of both of those things, long, long shots, very creative use of the camera in a dialogue heavy scene. I mean, the graduate is very wordy. Closer is even more wordy. I mean, it's a fucking play. So definitely check that out. And I think that you could tell that there was a shared vision when you see the, the piece. And that's one of the things that I think is most worth celebrating about it because the actors were in the same movie as your camera. And that's so rare for a short film. So, you know, applause to you both. I know this has been a little mm -hmm. love fest, but it's a fun movie and I can't wait to share it with more people through Q2Q, more info on that coming soon. But I wanted to throw it back y'all's way. Is there anything else you wanted to share about your time making the piece or what you hope people get out of the piece? I'm curious still, I could talk about, I could talk about this with y'all for five more hours if I, if I could kidnap y'all for that long, but anyway. <laughs> well, I guess, I, I mean, the main thing I want to say is like, you know, going off what you're talking about as far as like coordination goes, it's like from the writing and like development process to like, you know, even just like early pre-production stages, I feel like Junie and I have such a shared vision of just like, I hate to keep using this word. I wish I could diversify my language, but like kind of like high camp, you know, 
we really wanted something that felt super fun, super silly, but like also just had its moments that were like serious, but not in like a force, like political message way. Like this film in eight minutes, we really touched on some serious, like we we're talking about earlier, like identity issues that kind of came about naturally. It wasn't kind of just like, um, we had to force that in there. I like really felt like Junie workshop that so many times and like we did so many rehearsals of it and read throughs and like his execution of like him being like no this is who I am and like the 10-15 seconds he says that like really just tied it all together in a way that made it just like a completely different project like the last minute I feel and as far as like just editing goes and like all the stages of drafts and you know I've never worked with so many people in like an editing room before and so that was a new experience for me but it was always nice like I guess being the principal director in this, we will send things to Junie and Junie would be like writing detailed notes, like minute, oh, eight, I hated that transition, fix it. Yeah. Like minute, <laughs> like cut this hip sort, like here's this line, cut it at this point. Like those Queen are like- what she demands, she does. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool because I guess just because Junie, I've been friends for a couple of years now. It's like, you know, you know, you trust someone's judgment and their vision, but I guess like, as far as like even just up until like post-production I like didn't really expect more than like oh I like it or oh it could be better or a different you don't know what to expect so I just felt like every step of the way we we're kind of like working with each other on all elements of it and that's kind of why it came out as well as it did I feel. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree I you know I, I feel as an actor oftentimes um, you're being put into these projects where you're just doing other people's work and sometimes it's not work that resonates with you um, but you know it's like is $20, right? You know, you got a a check as a check. And so you just make it work and you try to do the best you can with the material that you're given. Um, But actually working on this with Tony and everybody else, that it's just like, it was a great experience because it was like things that I contributed in and I felt as an actor also heard because many times, you know, you you try to talk to the director when you're doing productions and you're like, well, I want to try it this way. I want to do this thing. And they'll be like, no, like this is how you're going to do it. This is what, what needs to be done. And so like I felt heard and I felt seen. Um, and I think that that's the same thing that, you know, I also wanted to, um, I guess, show with this, with uh, the message of this film is that, you know, I want people to feel seen. Um, people that may struggle with, you know, their identity or people that um, are oftentimes felt unheard that despite having close friends or people that care about you, you know, as my, my best friend Sam in the film, um, you know, you you oftentimes feel like, you know, you're not enough or that you're too much. And so um, I just really wanted it to be one of those like, you know what, this is this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And it's just like, you like it or you don't. And um, I think that what I, what I wanna say is that, you know, to show people that they shouldn't be afraid to be who they, they truly are and um, really um, give more of themselves. And y'all evoke that in your real lives too, because we, we've, as we've mentioned, we're three different time zones, generally speaking, very busy people. So, Coordinating this was not a chore. It just, it took a little buffering. There was also a tornado because remember y'all, I'm in Texas, but it's, it's great to chat with you because you're, you're both so comfortable. I don't want to even call it messy. You're comfortable being imperfect. You know, I don't get the sense that when y'all are chat are texting with me that y'all have to be very formal I feel like I could relax. I didn't have to, you know, worry about, okay, so I've got to, you know, really watch my language. Y'all seem to have just a lot of intelligence and integrity. And that's so important on artistic collaborations because I can relax and, and I feel like I don't have to tiptoe around people. And I think we forget how much tiptoeing we do around people that aren't really themselves and, and, you can tell when they're reserving that part of them, whether it's their sexuality or their artistic expression or their even their sense of humor. Hello. Yeah, this is the lieutenant. You're at the Dilly Dally Dolly Company? You have the coin? Dilly Dally and the Watchmen have disappeared? The zombie is there. And now a huge gorilla is in on the act? Look. If this is some kind of joke, it's no joke. I have to laugh at myself. 
Yeah, so Dean's List is streaming everywhere now. It's on YouTube. Uh, just look up Dean's List and either my name or Junie's name. Uh, my name is Anthony Jacobs, Jacobs with a K. My handle's on Instagram, Twitter, name it, at uh, Anthony Jacobs. All right, and, and Junie? My name is... Oh, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. There, I mean, there was no other option for who was next, so you... <laughs> intelligence would have told me that you would know that you're next but anyway listen you never know what personality you're gonna get from me okay so sometimes you gotta remind me okay um and my name is juni cuevas that's j-u-n-i um i'm pretty sure i'm the only juni cuevas um anywhere on the internet so you can find me uh on all my social media handles same thing juni cuevas there might be periods or underscores in any of them so it's it's a work in progress but you can find me there um, you can also find me on um, different TV shows that are streaming on all social platforms like Hulu. I think um, there's something on Netflix, maybe Food Network um, and whatever channel you may see. I think I play a chef in something recently. So <laughs> that's it. And of course, don't forget stream uh, Dean's List on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Thank yeah, you all. Thanks so much for us. Oh, it was my pleasure. Unagi. Follow them on all of the socials. Watch Dean's List. We're going to blast it all over Q2Q social, so there's no way you won't see what these people are up to. We're going to stay friends with them. They're, they're, they're fine friends of the pod, as uh, Willem in Alaska would say. Not to steal from the Rue girls, you know. I'll try to come up with some more original material next time. But uh, please go to queertoqueerfest.com. We're streaming movies every now and then, doing goofy TikToks. We're collaborating with people, building towards the next big thing. We don't have a film festival until November. Deets on that coming soon. But we're always trying to connect people to the next big thing in queer media. And thank you so much again, gentlemen, for sharing some of your big things with us today. And um, we'll see you on Q2Q cast next time. Thank you. Thank you. Break away from society's menacing grip.